Good morning. morning. It's good to be with you, and uh, let us pray, and we'll get started. Our Father who are in heaven, we thank you for the fact that you have given us life uh, once again. We know that you are the one who sustains all things from beginning to end. So we thank you that this morning we can come to you as a God who has revealed himself to us through the word and in the person of Jesus. And so we pray, Lord, that you will um, strengthen our faith this morning as we look to you uh, for all things, all good things. And I pray that this few moments that we will have together uh, will make a difference. Uh, Father, we know that apart from your spirit, uh, there is nothing significant, uh, but we know that in your spirit and by your spirit, uh, we can be changed from one day to the next Uh, from one degree of glory uh, to the next. And so I pray that you will take these words and these moments and that you will protect our thoughts and make us uh, realize that apart from you, we can do nothing. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All I have for you is um, a few timeless principles for faithful biblical Christian living in the world. I was going to have you open your Bibles, but I noticed that <laughs> there are no Bibles around. Uh, that's okay. Uh, I'm going to take most of my principles from the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs. And um, so let me uh, begin by reading something from the book of Pro- Proverbs that I think is quite relevant uh, for us today. In Proverbs 1.20, listen to these words. Wisdom cries aloud in the streets, in the markets. She raises her voice. At the head of noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. Interesting um, thing about how the Bible talks about wisdom. It personifies wisdom as if she is a lady. But notice what she says. Wisdom cries aloud in the streets. And then it says, it raises, she raises her voice at the head of noisy streets. The point of this is that life in this world is quite noisy. There are many, many voices seeking to speak to you at all times, at all times. Uh, different people through social media, television, radio, podcasts, everything we have available to us now, There are so many voices, everything trying to influence your thinking, uh, okay, the way you live your life. But here is wisdom, wisdom, the wisdom from God who ultimately is the Lord Jesus. And it's interesting because it says that wisdom raises her voice. So in the middle of all the noise that you're hearing, all the voices that are coming at you through social media and so many other means, through, in all those, in the middle of all of that, wisdom wants to raise her voice and she wants to be heard. She wants to be heard by you. Now, here's, here's what I really, got, really like about this is because I know what GCCA is about. It's about training you to think biblically about everything, giving you a worldview. And you, my young friends, are in the middle, in the heart of the battle for the world, you, young people. And so there there is a sense in which there is an urgency to the voice of wisdom. You need to listen to wisdom. 
Okay, so what I, what I have for you is six timeless biblical principles that if, if I would have known these when I was young, my life uh, would have been different as I was growing up. And I wish someone would have told me. So these are thoroughly biblical principles from wisdom that if you listen to them, God will bless you. Okay? So in the midst of all the noise of the world, in the midst of all the voices that are seeking to influence your thinking, here are six things you must know for faithful Christian living in this world. Okay, number one, here's the first principle. Cultivate the fear of the Lord. Cultivate the fear of the Lord. Can we interact with them? Okay, good. <laughs> Can I ask questions? <laughs> What is the fear of the Lord? Can anybody tell me what comes to your mind when you think about the fear of the Lord? Anybody? What do you think that is? Yes. It's the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is insight. Interesting, interesting that the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning not the end. In other words, this means you cannot reason your way up to God because without God, you cannot even reason. That is the point. If you deny God from the beginning, there is no wisdom. And so the Bible says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Now, the fear of the Lord has many, many components, right? So for instance, in the area of philosophy, you have epistemology, right, the area of knowledge. You have the area of metaphysics, how things are, what things are. And you have the area of ethics, right, good and right. The fear of the Lord applies to all of those areas. It has a, an ethical component, an epistemological component, and it has a metaphysical component. But this morning, I just want to talk about this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom in this sense. You have to know yourself you have to know that you are a creature, a creature who lives in the world of the Creator. So we can say many things about the fear of the Lord, but this is the, the, the one thing that is, is most important. You have to remember, you have to remember, the fear of the Lord is this, you have to live your life acknowledging that you are not autonomous, but that you have a God above you who actually rules over you and that is the beginning of the fear of the Lord is to know yourself to be a creature you don't get to to set up the rules you don't get to make up the rules as to what a good life is God the creator is over you and he tells you what that looks like now I use the word autonomy can someone tell me what the word autonomy means autonomy nomos Yes. Basically, acting of your own self. Yes. Your own self will. Right. So, autonomy is self. So, auto means self. Nomi from the word nomos, law. Self, law. You cannot live your life as if you get to make up your own rules about what a good life is. So, the fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom, is to. The, the, the essential point is you have to live your life knowing that you're a creature under the, the rule, under the government of God. This is essential. Now, if we don't want autonomy, what's the alternative? If we reject autonomy, self-law, 
We don't want to make up our own rules like the, in the time of the judges. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. That's autonomy. I make up my own rules. If we reject autonomy, what's the alternative? Submission. Submission, okay. To what? To God. And his to God? Right. So I'm going to throw a word that is, is really, sometimes it's controversial, right? If we don't want autonomy, self-law, we want, and don't, don't get too excited about this word, okay? But if we don't want autonomy, we want? Theonomy. Theonomy. There you go. Theo, nomos, right? Law, nomos, law. Theo, the law of God. I don't know any Christian who is against the law of God, right? We want God to tell us how to live. So that is the first principle, is you must cultivate the fear of the Lord by remembering that you are a creature, that you're not autonomous, that you belong to a world that has been created by God, and therefore you must submit to Him, and He tells us what a good life actually is. The second principle is this. Forget about cultural neutrality. Forget about cultural neutrality. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing. Neutrality. Let me try to explain what that means. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. Matthew 12, verse 30. He said this, whoever is not, does anybody know? Whoever is not with me is what? Is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Okay? Let me ask you this. How many options is the Lord Jesus giving us? Two. Two. What are the options of living life? What are the, the two options? Yes. Being with him or against him. Interesting, interesting concept. Strong words from the Lord Jesus. Jesus allowed for no middle ground. You either follow him and seek to glorify him, and if you're not doing that, then you're doing the opposite. You're living against him. Now, let me ask you this. What is culture? I use the word culture. Who can define culture for me? What is culture? We live in this culture. We use that word a lot. What does it mean to live in this culture? Anybody, go ahead. Well, primarily the children. What is culture? How do we define culture? Okay. <laughs> okay, we've got one over here. Okay, go for it. The way society acts or how it thinks. Yes, yes, okay. Very good, very good. So let me give you one definition of culture that I thought was spot on. It's kind of the, the one that I've been looking for and I couldn't come up with it myself and I read it in a book. And it was just so good. Let me tell you what culture is. And I, and I think you're going to remember this. Culture is religion externalized. That is an amazing definition of culture. Religion externalized. In other words, all cultures, even ours, the culture that we live in right now in the United States, the, the culture in my country where I come from, in Chile, in South America... All those cultures, in anywhere in the world, they are expressions of the religious commitments of the members of that culture. Now, what is assumed in that definition, that culture is religion externalized? What, what is that definition assuming 
or taking for, grant, for granted. What word? Yes. That people have a religion. That people have a religion. So, all human life is religious. You can't get away from religion. Now, what is religion? <laughs> we keep opening up this. What is religion? Yes. That's right. Religion is, has the idea of that which binds together. It, behind the word religion is the idea of worldview, how you understand all of life and what are the macro principles, the meta-narrative that stands above it all. Everyone has that. Guess what secularism is? Is a religion. Atheism is a religion. Everything is religious because everything is seeking to submit itself to something greater, a greater principle, a greater meta-narrative. Every, everyone has to have a way to explain the world. And so, forget about the fact of neutrality. There's no way I'm going to get through all of these points, but we'll get as far as we can. There's a little uh, buffer. <laughs> there's okay. a little buffer, okay. So consider this, consider this. Let me, let me try to give you an illustration uh, to think about culture. Uh, what happens when you take a, a tea bag, right, and you, and you put it in hot water? This one is pretty easy. What happens with the water? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, amazing. Amazing. That's, that's great. So what happens to the water? It gets polluted. It gets polluted, right? It, it, it uh, basically, it reveals the contents of the tea bag. So, right? So the water uh, becomes uh, controlled by the contents of the tea bag. Now, let me ask you this. If the water is the culture, okay, what is the tea bag? Religion, okay, very, very good. But there is a more specific thing. The individual. The individual. So if the water, in the illustration, if the water is the culture around us, then the, the tea bag is the human heart. The tea bag is the human heart. So consider this. Let me read what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 and 23. For from within... Out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and they defile a person. That is Mark chapter 7, verse 21 and 23. So, the biggest problem in society is the human heart. Is the human heart, right? So, the human heart is like the tea bag inside the water. It changes the culture around. Now, the, the human heart is darkened because of sin. But here's the good news. You, my young Christian brother and sister, the Bible says that you have the mind of Christ. That you are being changed from the inside out. Therefore, guess what? You can make a difference. In this world, for the glory of Jesus. Because if you are a Christian, God has done something to your heart. He has changed it. And he is changing it for his glory. All right, here's the third principle. Okay, so first principle, cultivate the fear of the Lord. Second principle is what? Those of you who are taking notes? Um, forget about cultural neutrality. That's right. 
Third principle, hold fast to the word. Hold fast to the word of God. My young brothers and sisters, do you want to make a difference in the world? Do you want to make a difference for the kingdom of Christ? And by the way, let me say this. Let me say this. I forgot about this little point. You will make a difference. You will make a difference in the world. One day, Lord willing, you will go off to college, maybe somewhere, get a degree, find a spouse, get married, form a family. And through that education, through those connections, you will make a difference. The question is, will you advance the kingdom of Christ? Or will you advance the kingdom of darkness? But remember what I said, you cannot stand in the middle. You cannot stand in the middle. And so hold fast to the word. If you want to make a difference in the world, hold fast to the word. In Psalm 119, verse 165, it says this, Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. If you want to be strong in the world, in the world, if you want to make a difference, if you want to stand against evil ideologies, then you need to hold fast to this. This is all you've got. This is where the power is. Remember when Ezekiel went to the, was given the vision of the, the, the valley of dry bones? What did God tell him to do? Prophesy. Speak the word of the Lord. And what happened then? The bones came alive. This, my young friends, this is what you need. You need the word of God and you need to hold fast to it. You want to make a difference in the world. You need to be a biblical person. Not only believe that this is God's word, but you must believe that this actually rules over your life. And this is how you will be blessed. And this is how you will make a difference in the world. That's, that's the one thing that I want to communicate to you. Hold fast, be a biblical person, and you will make a difference in this world. That's the, sec- the third principle. Let me, let me tell you the fourth principle. I'm skipping a whole lot of things here. Uh, number four, obey. Obey the word. Obey the word. Now, this is important. Hold fast to it. This is your source of authority. Nothing will make you stumble if you live by it. But sec- fourth, obey the word. Now, think about Eve. Do you know uh, Eve, right? You've heard the name? <laughs> Very popular. Um, Eve. What happened to Eve in the Garden of Eden? Think about this. She was standing there. She could look at the tree. Okay? Everything around Eve told her one thing. That fruit, it's good. It felt good. It looked good. And then you have Satan saying, go ahead and take it. Everything around Eve in the Garden of Eden was telling her to go ahead and take the fruit. Everything, except one thing, the Word of God. God spoke to her and said, you may eat of everything except this one thing. Everything else in the garden was telling her, go for it, go for it, go for it, except the Word of God. Likewise, you, my young friends, you have a lot of voices telling you that doing this is good, doing that is good, partake of this, partake of that. But what do we do? What happened when Eve stopped listening to God's Word and tried to figure out herself? Well, we are in this mess. It ruined humanity. It's a very simple concept, is it? Very simple concept. Obedience breeds blessing. Disobedience brings blessing curse. 
When, so when the Bible says, flee from sexual immorality, you have all the voices around you telling you immorality is good. In whatever form, pornography, in whatever form, is good. Go for it, go for it, go for it. So you have all these voices telling you the same thing. Go for it, it's good, it's good, it's good. You have one thing telling you it's not. And that one thing is the primary thing, is the most important thing, is the Word of God telling you flee from it. Escape it, run away from it. So what do you do? What you do with obedience or disobedience, please listen to this, it has consequences. It will matter what you do with God's Word. It will matter. Here, here's number five, and we'll get through in, in one minute. Okay. No way. <laughs> no way in one minute. minute. You can always come back. <laughs> okay. Number five, guard your conscience. Guard your, what is the conscience? God gave it to you. It is the internal, invisible alarm system. You all have it. Now consider this, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Let your heart keep my commandments. Let me make this point very, very clear. At the end of the day, we know we have enemies all around us, evil ideologies, evil ideas, temptations all around us. We, we are surrounded by things that can be dangerous to the soul and to the body. But at the end of the day, I want you to remember this. I want you to remember this. And I'm going to read it so that I say it rightly. Please remember that all external attacks can be powerful and they can be detrimental to the soul. But at the end of the day, your biggest enemy is not the evil of men, or satanic ideologies, or well-crafted anti-God arguments, or even fierce persecution. All of those things, though powerful and real, they are all outside of you. They are all external attacks. Rather, your biggest enemy, please listen to this, my young friend, your biggest enemy is internal hypocrisy toward God's word that leads to a seared conscience that leads to a seared conscience. Hence the word, let your heart keep my commandments. Although obedience includes all the externals participating in, in worship and all those things, at the end of the day, obedience begins in the heart. So here's a little warning. Here's a little warning. Watch. Watch. As you continue to grow, watch for any type of resentment or rebellious attitude that may be creeping within your heart against God's word. Watch for those things when you feel resentment because God tells you not to do this. These things we need to repent. It's like dealing with weeds. The only way to deal with those things is uprooting them, uprooting them and replacing them with God's word. And here's the final one. Number six, remember that Jesus is Lord. And I'll finish with this. I'll just read from Matthew chapter 28 and we'll be done. Matthew chapter 28. I think it's in my Bible. Yes, yes, I found it. Matthew 28, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The world has a king. The world has a Lord. His name is Jesus. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Go serve him. 
Serve him with your life. Don't waste your life. Serve him. He's the only Lord worth following. He died for our sins. He rose again. And now he is king of all things. Serve him with your life. Thank you.